This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by our good friends at Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling systems. All right, my friend, Daryl Ryder, I'm Andy Baskin. A lot of news to talk about over the last 48 hours. Let's start with the trade deadline. That's probably a good place to start. The, uh, first of all, your reaction to the fact that the Browns really didn't do a whole lot other than trade uh, DPJ. Yeah, really not surprised by uh, either move or the lack of uh, a secondary move beyond them trading Donovan Peoples-Jones. Let, let's be honest about Andy. DPJ just didn't fit into the big picture. I mean, he, <clears throat> he had a great year last year, breakout year. Um, I, I hate seeing him traded just because He's uh, a rare guy that can actually catch a football with someone defending him, which has been problematic for the Browns to draft since 1999. So I I think in that respect, it hurts. But um, they added Elijah Moore. They added Marquise Goodwin in the offseason. And I think that that just kind of eliminated uh, a lot of DPJ's opportunity uh, within this offense. And and look, it, it, it bears out in the fact that he only got 18 targets through the first seven games. Now I asked Kevin Stefanski about that and he's like, well, that's kind of a small sample size. Well, okay. Well then what about everyone else getting all these targets? Right. Right. Uh, You know, a couple guys in the locker room talked about DPJ's willingness to block as well, even when he wasn't getting targets. So, uh, but I'm not surprised by the move. Uh, I'm not up in arms about the move because I understand it. He was in the last year of his rookie contract. uh, Quite honestly, had he had another uh, productive season here with the Browns, he would have commanded money that the Browns would not have to be able to pay. So it made sense to move him. I mean, they got a 2025 sixth round pick for him, you know, whatever. He gets to go home to to Detroit where he's from. Yeah, uh, I thought they did him a solid on that, Daryl. I mean, to be honest, he's playing in the shadow of his high school, right? Yeah. I mean, Castex right down the street. Yeah, less than a mile from Ford Field. I, I, I think he's actually playing – 
the closest of any player in history to where, uh, you know, he played high school football. But you're right. They did kind of do him a solid there. You know, Kevin Stefanski had some real nice things to say uh, about him, uh, you know, talked about how he grew up within the building, uh, had some great moments for the Browns, obviously wishing him the best. But um, the, the reality is that there's only there's only one football to go around, right? And uh, he's going to get an opportunity to be a, a pretty significant contributor to a very good Detroit Lions football team. So uh, I am anticipating that we'll see DPJ playing beyond uh, week uh, 18 here. So what happened? And I, I caught you on the morning show just talking about what do you have, 17 targets this year? I mean, he hardly had any. 18 yeah. targets this year. So who picks up those uh, 18 exquisite targets? that he had over the last couple of years. Cause I, I just think it's, it's interesting how everyone's kind of playing into this, just yeah. saying what they think is going to happen. I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. You tell me who's going to maybe pick up the, the low. They need a quarterback that can get him the ball. That's the well, gotta start there. Well, details, Andy, we'll get, I'm sorry. Sorry for letting the facts get in the way of the story. Well, we'll get to the bleep show is their quarterback situation in a moment, but, um, Cedric Tillman, I think the door opens for him. Uh, you know, the the rookie third round pick uh, from this past draft. Um, yeah, Marquise Goodwin get more time. I, they try to get him the ball. I you help me tell me. I Look, I mean those those eighteen targets that that's a tough division. <laughs> that's tough to spread that out. Well, this- you're looking at one or two a game for the rest of the season. I mean, I every pass is special. Or bouncing off helmets and into the oppositions. Oh, I'm sorry. Too soon for that? Too soon. Way too soon. All right. Well, yeah. And it's funny, you know, listen to Kevin Stefanski talk about eliminating turnovers because they have like 17, 18 of them so far. <clears throat> well, one of them are interceptions. They don't have a ball security problem. They have a throwing the football problem. <laughs> I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Can it be fixed? Does it matter who the quarterback is, whether it's Deshaun Watson? I mean, Last time out, Deshaun had five passes. Two went to the other team. Yeah, well, only one of those counted, though, Andy. Uh, Two went to the other team. Only one of those counted. Two went to the other team. Let's Uh, let's not ignore that. It was an incomplete pass. Sure it was. It was an incomplete pass. All right, it should have been caught. It should have been two the other way. We're arguing semantics here. Look, let's put it this way. Only three of the passes that he threw out of the five went to Browns. How's that sound? uh, Fair? Better? reality yeah sure whatever i don't it's, it's reality daryl i mean that's it's, it's it can you, can you I, tell that i am i'm completely exhausted by deshaun watson already so are we everyone is daryl it's just like <clears throat> because the entire franchise is literally hanging by his micro fracture no it's tear. not micro tear sorry i'm hanging by a fracture you're hanging by a tear I'm, oh no, it's I'm not hang- a micro tear now no, I'm hanging by a thread. Yeah, <laughs> we all are. It's it's been um, Tom Withers of the Associated Press. I have to give him the credit because he's the one that came up. It, it's been it's been 40 days, and then I added and 40 nights of this. I mean, snow been- was the flood on Halloween. I, I, you know what? I wish it was a micro fracture. I don't think it would hurt as bad. I I don't know. So here's what I saw at practice on Wednesday from him. Can't wait I don't to- think, for the record, I don't think he's playing Sunday. Okay. Now, okay. Kevin Stefanski is doing what he did leading up to the Colts game. Not going to say a whole lot. Not sure. Right. We'll see how the week plays out. Yada, yada, yada. I, I get it, but I, I wouldn't play him this week. So here's what I saw at practice. A lot of shaking in the arm. 
which that means there's discomfort as he's throwing. So he's there, you know, he throws the football and then he's just kind of here. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, he's kind of like doing a lot of this stuff with the arm. That's okay. Chicken wing is what I would describe that. Right. As. So clearly he is not comfortable uh, with how that arm is feeling. Now we did not speak with Watson on Wednesday um, and I'm not going to make a big deal of it because Deshaun, in his own way, asked us not to, if he doesn't speak on Wednesday, not to freak out. Uh, right. Now we don't speak to him on Thursday. Well, then I, I think that that kind of tells us where things are going. I honestly don't think he should play this week. I don't think he's going to play this week. I don't think it's smart. Let that thing keep calming down. Um, but this is week six of this, and this was not supposed to be a long-term injury. And we're in long-term injury situation. I, you know, the Browns completely botched this thing from day one. They should have put him on injury reserve right away. Uh, I also understand, though, there was only so much information that they had at their disposal at the time, which is why they felt like it wasn't going to be a, a long-term situation. We all know the story. They had to wait for the swelling to go down to get that really good MRI that revealed those micro tears. Uh, now we have residual swelling a- after the Colts game. Take the week off to rest and rehab. So here we are now. Uh, a week later, and he's back on the practice field. Uh, you know, accurate. He wasn't letting it rip. Like I didn't see him open it up. There were some deep passes, okay, mm-hmm. but you could tell he was just. It's he's easing back into things here. He's not just you know dropping back and just letting it rip. You could see a discernible difference in the way PJ Walker was throwing the football and DTR was throwing the football and how Deshaun Watson was throwing the football. So. Um, I'm not confident we see him this week, uh, but it remains to be seen. Kevin Stefanski clearly is trying to keep his options open. And then he did say that Walker would start if he doesn't, right? Correct. He added that. BJ Walker remains the number two quarterback if Deshaun Watson is unavailable. And, um, you know, look, the, the numbers aren't great. I like PJ Walker, the person. He's a great dude. But less than when you're in the 49 percentile completion percentage, uh, when you've thrown one touchdown against five interceptions, right? I, I just it, it's not winning football. That that's just the reality of the situation. It's not winning football. The Cardinals. Here's the thing, Andy. Too the Cardinals come to town. They're what one and seven, something like that. Um, but they play a lot better than a one and seven football team. Um, and their quarterback situation right now. I don't know if it's any better than the Cleveland Browns, which we'll get into later in this podcast, but um, I, I just, it, it's, uh, it's a complicated mess for the Cleveland Browns right now in, in dealing, because you don't want to push Deshaun too fast, right? Right. And, and I'm not saying that they did that the first time. I think Deshaun pushed himself too fast, which is why I got so upset with people who do not cover the Cleveland Browns, but have keyboards and microphones in front of them throwing the hogwash out there that they were throwing out there. The guy wants to play. He's willing to play. That's not the issue. He is not here collecting his paycheck. The reason the Browns are in the position they're in right now with him is because he wants to play. Because he wanted to play against Baltimore. Clearly wasn't ready. So he kept saying, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. And then guess what? They planned for him to play. And they have to throw DTR out there last minute, Sunday morning, 1030. They go to DTR and say, hey, dude, you're starting today. Good luck to you. Right. Um, and, and then uh, against Indianapolis, right. He wants to play. He's rehabbing, coming back, 
the Thursday practice and practice again on Friday feels okay. It says, or I should say, says he feels okay. I think that's important. I don't know if he felt okay. He said he felt okay. Goes out, first hit he takes in Indianapolis, boom, hits the shoulder, and now he's sidelined again. Residual swelling, needs to take another week off for rest and rehab. So please, stop saying that this guy's here collecting a paycheck and doesn't want to play for the Cleveland Browns. That's garbage. Now, you want to criticize him for not being available for those 11 games last season? That's fair game. You want to criticize him because he's got three interceptions this year, and of his starts, he only had one really good one against Tennessee, and he's only had two starts with the Cleveland Browns where he's come close to throwing for 250 yards in a game? Fine. Fair. But that, to me, is anything above and beyond that is, in my view, Andy, I feel is unfair criticism, and you're just piling on the dude because you want to pile on a dude. Like, if you're going to criticize the guy, be factual in your criticism. That's all I'm saying. All right, we've got more to come here on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Daryl gives you more wisdom, like we just heard, which was pretty exciting. Uh, you'll get more of that. I want to talk more about the trade deadline, uh, and there are other issues. I want to talk about some stuff going on in Berea and what practice looked like. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Hey, mobile sports betting legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL here to help you make the most informed bets possible. Get all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or just by downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for all of those exclusive sportsbook offers. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Uh, we are brought to you locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling outlet. All right, so Daryl, um, trade deadline day overall because we kind of didn't get to that. Yeah, are you? Where are you on that? They didn't really do much, and we just talked about that. So, right. I mean, it, it, did they make the team better or not? Well, no, obviously they didn't make the team better. They didn't add anyone. I look, I mean, they they, did they make it. the future better by getting a draft pick. I, I'm trying to rationale the whole thing because to me, getting rid of DPJ took the team. It's just creating opportunity for another wide receiver. That's all. I, yeah, there isn't much to it. And again, it's it's a player that they were not actually going to go out and give any money to um, to, to keep him around. Look, they they brought in an offensive tackle, uh, Kenyon Drake. Uh, you know him, the running back there, and then uh, another receiver uh, that I had to Google who he was. Uh, they added those three guys to the practice squad. Uh, prior to the trade deadline, a few hours prior to the deadline, which told me right then and there they I, not to expect a whole lot at the deadline. That you know it, whatever they were going to do is either going to be probably quarterback or something really really minor. Because look, what were the three things we talked about going into the trade deadline that they had to address, or not? Let me rephrase that they could address. Okay, and that was receiver, uh, offensive right. line, and running back. What did they do? They signed three, each one of those positions, they signed a guy to the practice squad to give themselves some additional depth. So um, my contention has been, and you tell me where you come out on this, Andy, I just don't feel like that based on the draft capital that they have for 2024, okay, that it was worth them spending the early capital that they have, the second round pick, the third round pick, uh, fourth round pick. I, I just, I don't know that there was a move out there that they could have made that made this a significantly better football team or got them over the top. I, I feel like it would have required multiple moves. And then if you do that, right, if you trade, uh, make multiple trades there to bring some pieces in, well, then the expectation, you put yourself behind the eight ball to where, 
we got to get to the conference championship game or the Super Bowl to make it all worth it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, give up my 2024 draft capital, the, the best pieces of that, right? And, that, and that's where Andrew Barry's between a rock and a hard place. A, with the Deshaun shoulder, and, you know, that's a week-to-week -week thing. And uh, so I, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to rip the Browns because they didn't make a trade. I understand that a lot of fans were very unhappy with the Browns that they didn't make a move. I specifically asked Kevin Stefanski uh, about that uh, particular uh, situation, the fact that they uh, stood pat. He reiterated how much he likes the team and the locker room. Uh, he feels like that obviously room for improvement, but he feels like they got the players to, uh, you know, to, to go ahead and do that. So I thought that was a fairly reasonable response uh, from Kevin Stefanski there. Um, and again, I don't feel like they missed an opportunity. I don't come away from that trade deadline disappointed that they didn't make a move because, again, I felt like it would have taken multiple moves to put them in a position, uh, you know, to, to compete for a Super Bowl. And I don't know that you can do that when you're in a spot right now, Andy, where you don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson's shoulder. I mean, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, they know yeah. what's going on with the shoulder, but I'm just talking about his availability, playing time, and, and how the rest of this season is going to play out. If Deshaun Watson was 100% healthy, right? Right. And, and if he had maintained that, you know, that uphill climb that we saw against uh, the, the Tennessee Titans there, then okay, yeah, maybe I can understand some griping that they stood pat and they maybe didn't bring in an extra piece to help them out. But when you have the uncertainty that you have with Deshaun Shoulder and the fact of this is a pretty good roster to begin with, uh, you know, uh, is it worth giving up my early draft capital for some depth pieces or giving up what Washington reportedly wanted for uh, Jacoby Brissett and that's a second round pick? Is it worth giving up a second round pick for one start or two starts or three no, starts? No, no. Right? Right. So um come out on that. Yeah, I, I, the quarterback situation just didn't come to fruition. And by the way, the quarterbacks that were truly out there, there's still a couple of free agency if you want to pick them up. And that's there's nothing to stop you from doing that. So forget about the trade deadline on that one. The one I was a little surprised was, and I heard point Blake, it was on the table, a third and a seventh for Derrick Henry. And it got tied up in Tennessee. So that that was on the table. I don't I'm not sure which side was offering or asking, um, but I do know that it may have come down to this weekend. But the Browns ended up with 155 yards on the ground against Seattle. Yeah. I think they're pretty confident with their running back after this weekend. And that, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Nick Chubb for next year. You knew it was a rental. That was been pretty pricey for a rental, a third on pick and a third and a seventh for rental down the stretch. And I think the Browns looked in the, in the running back room and said, these boys can get it done just as well. So I, I think kind of think that's where you're at with that. I thought for a moment though that Henry was coming. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you already have Kareem Hunt who's pissed that he didn't get the ball in a key situation. In fact, didn't even get the ball in the fourth quarter to begin with. Right. So right. if you make that trade, you're cutting him or you're cutting, you know, you're probably cutting him. Right. Uh, Cause probably. I probably, yeah. You certainly aren't cutting Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford's a piece of your team going forward here. Uh, right. you know, Pierre Strong. One of those two. I it probably I'm would have been one of those two guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, Pierre, you know, to me, Pierre Strong's like the, the third running back here right now. Yeah, I mean, are you going to cut Kareem after he just scored the game winner the week before? Right. Well, hey, it happens. You know. it, it, I mean, it, No, it I know, but I, I, I think that they looked at the locker room and they pulled – yeah, you understand what I'm saying, though, right? Absolutely. No, I get it, and I think that's why these things are all talk. 
you know, I, I asked uh, a general manager at one point, I won't say who it is, that I said, how close is this deal to being done? Give me a percentage. He goes, Andy, there are no percentages. There are two percentages that matter in a deal, zero and 100. That's it. There's no percentage on how close a deal is or if they're at the finish line. They're, you're either at the starting line or at the finish line, and that's it. And so that, that kind of hit me when they said that to me, and I go, you know what, you're right, that's that's a reality. I don't. I don't. At this point, I don't, I don't think there's a big deal with with the running attack. A couple of weeks ago, I would have said I thought there was because it's kind of mad. Yeah. But you're, it's mad because you've got three guys that are trying to give you forty to sixty yards a game. And if yep. you can get that from three guys, then knock it out of the park. That's fine. The offensive line's done a little bit of a better job blocking for them too. So, and I think they want to be a running offensive line. Yeah, and there's a little concern with the offensive line right now. Dewan Jones sure. got a shoulder injury. He didn't practice on, on Wednesday. And uh, when he left uh, Lumen Field, I saw him, and we talked about it on our, our postgame pod, where he had that shoulder. He had it wrapped up pretty good. Now, the good news is the shoulder wasn't in a sling. That's good news there. Um, you know, Zadaria Smith is another injury that we have to kind of keep an eye on here uh, as uh, – as things develop uh, this week, Greg Newsom has a groin injury. That's another one. Got to keep an eye on everything else. I, I think that, you know, I'm not, I'm not too really concerned about that, but those three injuries right now, Andy, uh, see, t- I mean, when I use the term significant, I don't mean that I'm, I'm saying that they're going to miss significant time, but just their importance to this team. I, you know, it, it's significant that we have to watch those three players uh, this week uh, throughout the practice week. All right, so uh, just to kind of reiterate everything that we've been talking about when it comes to the trade deadline, that look, uh, and and again, and I, I go back to um, my my thoughts on this because we talked, we discussed this on on the radio show this morning, and it, it's a typical kind of an Indians Guardians trade deadline, right? right. They're going to say they'll come back and go, you know what, our our trade is getting Deshaun Watson back. That's what's going to make us better. You know, we've got players coming back from injury, and that's just as good as a trade, and right. that's where we are moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, again, like it's just it's I mean, fans are fans. They're passionate about the team and and things like that. Look, Andrew Berry was not asleep at the switch on this. Okay, I just I can't stress that enough. He was making calls all last week, gauging interest, gauging what the market was going to be. And not only players that are available, but to your point, when you you know, you mentioned about the the Derrick Henry, the three and the seven potentially uh, Mm -hmm. in uh, proposed uh, in a deal or whatever. you know, he did his job. The results might, it's similar to the, the debate about Kevin Stefanski in the third and three, right? He did his job. It was a good play call. It has seemed to cool off on Stefanski though, as the week got on, like people were super pissed on Sunday and then they finally kind of calmed down by Monday. But my whole point is, is just because you don't agree with the result, Okay. That doesn't mean that these people aren't doing a good job. Right. that, that's my point that, you know, uh, and I get the emotions of, you know, you know, and the pressure fans kind of feel right now of this being a, a must win. If you as a fan feel the pressure of the importance of this particular season for the Browns, just imagine what Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry feel. For sure. And, for sure. And look, I, and I'm not sitting here apologizing for them or sticking up. They don't need me to apologize or stick up for them, but it's just a, they they're passionate about what they do. They are just as passionate about their jobs as you, the fan are about your football team. And they are just as passionate about putting a quality team on the field and a winning product on the field for you, the fans 
as you want to see that. And, and you know, it's Andrew Barry's job, as I mentioned earlier, to fix immediate problems while at the same time not compromising the ability to fix future problems. And look, I mean, they got an unlucky break. That, that we, we talked about on the postgame pot. Like, they got lucky two weeks in a row. Well, third time was not the charm for them. They, they they got unlucky. Ball hit the guy in the helmet, bounced right up in the air for what felt like an eternity guide intercept, and they lost the football game. It happens. Now, I would have run the ball. I disagree. I respectfully disagree with Kevin's play call there, but I don't think it was a bad play call. I, I really don't. I, I, I thought Kevin had a great uh, – I think Kevin is having a really good year calling plays, Andy. I, I really do. And um, and I think Andrew Barry has done a good job as the top football executive answering concerns. He gave up zero draft capital to bring in three pieces for depth on the practice squad. Very low-risk moves that cost next to nothing. And if these guys have to be used or have to be seen and elevated for game day or whatever, right? Right. Right. It, it, it's gravy in the bowl, whatever you're able to get for them. So sure. um, again, I understand fans anger and frustration and, and all those type of things over the results. Uh, certainly the, the Sean shoulder injury is frustrating uh, not only for fans, but you know, I think privately for the Browns, it, it's gotta be a little frustrating, not in a negative way toward the Sean, but the situation is frustrating. Cause again, they're going into a sixth week, not knowing, or fifth fifth game, I should say, but sixth week of this stuff, which you don't know if he's going to be able to play on Sunday. So right. um, I just, you know, I get it. But just because you don't agree doesn't mean it was bad or that these guys are asleep at the wheel. That's all. Daryl, I'm going to give you my take on Kevin Stefanski in a minute. You may not like it. Uh, let's do this. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin right after this. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and we are brought to you by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling system. Sorry, so we went to break. Daryl, I want to give you my take on Okay. First of all, when you go back and look at the defensive numbers from the game against Seattle, they went, what, seven series on defense and right. didn't allow a score. So five, they went five on two turnovers. Right, and, and, and there were five three and outs in that yeah. series. I think that's it, it, I think that's right. Out of seven, there was five three and outs. It was very close to that if it wasn't. So it, my point is, for everyone that's super mad at Kevin Stefanski and they want him fired, stop. Just stop. Relax. They're four and three right now, and they've won these last two out of three games with a practice squad quarterback. So settle down, all right? It's enough. I know you're not happy with the things he does every once in a while. Guess what? No coach is exactly perfect. But I'm going to tell you the one thing he didn't do. He didn't say, let's fly 3,000 miles out to Seattle, and let's wake up in the morning and go, oh, man, I got this thing all scoped out. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give up a touchdown, another touchdown, and a field goal. Then we're going to play defense for a little bit, and then we're going to give it up in the end. In fact, I'm going to have my practice squad quarterback throw the ball right down the middle and knock it off a guy's helmet so it can go straight up in there and then get the interception. And then better yet, who's that kid from Ohio State? Oh, yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm going to throw him the ball and let him score the game winner. Kevin Stefanski didn't wake up Sunday morning thinking that was going to happen. If you think he went into the game with a bad game plan, you're wrong. I thought he coached a really, really good game. I understand why he threw the ball on third and three. I get it. Would I run the ball? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not a coach in the NFL. And guess what? You aren't either, and no one else is. So give the guy a break on this one. 
there have been times when I put my head through the screen just like everybody else. But to be mad at him for three weeks with a quarterback that is just not ready to be a regular primetime player in the NFL, just chill out. You didn't think I was going to like that take? I didn't know if it was you or somebody else wasn't going to like it. <laughs> somebody else may not like it. I just I, I woke up and I was just like, Kevin Stefanski didn't wake up and think this is what I want to do today. I and say, I don't know why so many people think, you know, Kevin, oh, I'm going to screw up today. This is what I want to do. I, I want the Browns to lose. Like, well, people are idiots when it comes to that. And it dry, it, today I just I had enough of it. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. Kevin didn't wake up. Now, look, does Kevin call the right play all the time? No, he doesn't. Does any coach in the NFL? No, they don't. They make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I was going to say, uh, you must have fell asleep during my monologue in the previous segment because I basically the same thing. Like, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I know you did to a point. I, but I just, to me, it's just, it's just, it's frustrating. It's just, I think spot. everybody's frustrating because we're all waiting on an injury from a quarterback to get back out there. And the problem is we want him to look as good as he did in Houston. I know he wants to be better, but so far we've seen six quarters and a $91 million out the window right now for nothing and two true first round draft picks. So something's got to happen. We got to know that he's the franchise quarterback by the end of this season. I don't want them to waste this defense this year. Daryl, do me a favor. Get me up to speed on what happened in practice and why they had to cut practice a little bit short. So uh, they're a little tired and a little banged up from that West Coast trip. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired and a little banged up from my, from the West Coast trip too. <laughs> sure. So I get it. Uh, so what Kevin did was is he kind of scaled back practice on Wednesday, uh, a little more seven-on-seven, seven, uh, not as much team stuff, also not a lot of full-speed team stuff because they had like 11, 12 guys that didn't practice. Mm. Now, uh, I had already mentioned the, the, th- the three big ones are, you know, Zadaria Smith and, you know, Greg Newsom and, and, and Dewan Jones, but you know, they're, they're resting guys, man. Like, you know, Amari Cooper, Joel Batonio, you know, Jed, Najoku, Miles, uh, you know what I mean? Like they, so, and the other thing too, is they're, they were inside. Now, <clears throat> I don't know why that was because a little behind the scenes here. So, you know, we're getting ready to go out to practice and the, and the, you know, they say, Hey, we're going inside. We're practicing inside. And so I heard him talk about Brown Brown's, you know, working inside today because snow on the fields and I was getting ready to post that on X. And then I was like, let me make sure there's actually snow on the field before I look like a complete idiot. Right. Right. So, so I delete the post. I walk out and sure as can be practice fields, beautiful and green. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, thank goodness. I didn't put that out there. Cause I would have really looked like, uh, so you were just going to say, because it's snow on the field, the team didn't right. say it, it was weather, really right. weather conditions. Right. right. But it was it, look, it was sunny out there. When we walked out, they could, they probably could have practiced outside, but I, you know, there's a method to Kevin's madness here. Bottom line. It was a scaled back practice on Wednesday. Now that field house sucks. And, and look, I don't care what it costs. Jimmy Haslam spend the 30 damn million dollars and build a full Do- 100 yard indoor facility. I, I'm not crazy. They have room to extend that. They do. They? Well, they bought the whole damn neighborhood. Of course, they I know. Got why wouldn't I? Don't understand why they wouldn't do the extension. Do you realize, Daryl, this off the top of my head? Let me think about it. Yeah. Akron, Kent, since the late 80s. I'm going to go a step further. Massillon has a better indoor facility than the Cleveland. Geneva yeah. has a better indoor facility than they do. There are two high schools in Northeast Ohio they that have, have a nicer facility than the Browns. Yes. Like, what are we it's doing? Insane. What it's are we insane. doing? Yes. Build it. Get it done. 
Like, what are you doing? And oh, by the way, you lose 25 yards because your weight room is in there. Yeah, why? Well, like, well, because the old weight room is now a a, 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 a fancy treatment center with the the, the chiro, right. chiro chambers, whatever those things are called. But uh, they've got the indoor swimming pool. Well, they don't have a hundred yard. That's on the that's on the back end. Of the I know team. it's on the other side. I just I don't understand why they haven't stretched out the the indoor facility. Yeah, they they need it. They get it done. Like it's ridiculous. You're practicing on sixty yards of indoor turf. You're an NFL team. It's twenty twenty three. There are high school teams that have better facilities than you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, spend the thirty million dollars and get it done. Don't ask the city of Berea for it. Just do it. Get it done. I mean, I know. Why I know hasn't it happened? Jared, why do you think that hasn't happened? I mean, I they've know. remodeled that place at least three or four Andy, times on the inside. Andy, right? no. Yeah. Every time they have a losing season, they get in their feelings and they say time to remodel the building again. That building has been remodeled more times. I, I don't know. What's been remodeled a lot over the years? I don't think there's a building in Northeast Ohio that's been remodeled more times than the Browns training facility on 76 Lugrosa Boulevard. What's another remodel? Like, I mean... And they, like I said, they bought half the neighborhood. Yeah, I know. Move, move Except that forward. one house. Move, that move. one house. Yeah. I love that one house there's, is standing there. Oh, there's there's like five of them that are holding out. There's like five houses they still want that are holding out. But, um, you know, move the players lot. And then yeah. that's that, I think that's the big issue. So they have it gated uh, security-wise for the – because, you know, that place – I mean, that place is the White House. Like Right. It's like walking into a government building. The, yeah, the, I know. Uh, um. You know, so I, but yeah, move the players lot somewhere else because that's where that field house can be extended. It'd be have to be extended into the existing players lot, but get it done. Like it's 2023, how you, how you not have a full. And now the, the, and I've talked to folks with the Browns uh, about this and, and their uh, response to me is always football isn't complaining. Football operations isn't complaining. They're okay with it as is and and whatnot. And I'm mm. saying, listen, in my head, they shouldn't have to complain about it. Just do it. Don't wait for them to bitch and moan about it. Like, I, even I know you're limited, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson is warming up on the it, behind the end zone uh, next to the wall while special teams is uh, doing their thing uh, on the field. Uh, you know, you got positions doing drills on uh, in the out of bounds areas, and there's not a lot of room out of bounds. No. Like when they run the fade patterns to the corner, we you know, we stand when we go into the Casey Coleman Fieldhouse. We're in the we're in the back left corner there, and so when they run fade patterns, like we we obviously we have to make sure we get out of the way, right? So the players have the room to be safe and and, and run their drills, but it's cramped in there, man. Like there, there is not a lot of room for these guys to operate and to work. Well, so, maybe they can rent Spire and go out there or go out to Canada, Akron or Mass. You shut your like face. That. I don't bad enough. I had to go to Greenbrier this year. I hey, at least Spire's got Spire has a huge facility that can handle everything they possibly Spire's can. Spire's 90 minutes away from you. So shut your face. I, I don't want to have to drive 20 minutes from me, bro. You shut your face. <laughs> Sorry. All right. We're done. That's it. For our producer, Meredith Kane, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. And thank you very much if you're watching on YouTube. We really do appreciate you. And then always hit us up on social media if you want to. At Game Day CLE. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Browns Cardinals, we have no idea who the quarterbacks are going to be.